0: You know, and, and before we get too deep into the story, you, you got to know, this was not some psycho baseball dad. This guy was, was you know, was put together. His life was intact. In he was, a, he was a, a, you know, a sane guy. He was in no way what we would categorize as like, you know, psycho parent or, or, you know, sports parent or something like that. Or I think my kid is the greatest. Now, despite all that, he still blew it for his kid. He still blew it. Now, I'm going to tell you the worst part of what I do is uh, I will have a parent set up a call with me and I will get on the phone with them and in the first three seconds it, I hear the worst sound in the world and it's the sound of a parent who blew it for their kid. Or the sound of a parent that didn't guide their kid when they should have. And now, or a parent who didn't protect their kid. So, uh, you, you know, sometimes uh, it's, it's this recruiting stuff. Sometimes it's a kid whose arm is hurt. Sometimes it's a, it's a father who got into the political things or got into it with a coach. And here's the, here's the thing. You, you be, really, be really mindful of what we're going to talk about now. Because um, your actions are one thing. Your son will pay a price. Your son will be the one who has to bear the burden. And if, if, if I thought the, the worst sound in the world was um, the sound of, of a parent who screwed up for his kid, the, I, I have to imagine the worst feeling in the world is a parent who screwed it up for his kid and now his kid ends up paying the price and the parent has to live with that. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, to, to well, you know what, I am because it's serious. So I am trying to scare you because we go back to, to know, like, and trust. People go to people they trust that they know will tell them things they don't like. I don't care what type of parent you are. This is part of this process that maybe is hard to hear, but ignore it and your son pays. Ignore it at your son's risk. So we talked earlier about what a coach sees, hears, and feels about a player. And we talked about it in the context of if everything is kind of okay, right? When he's recruiting the player, he's gonna look at what he sees, hears, and feels about a player, right? But in this context, the, 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 the coach has got the magnifying glass out. And when he has the magnifying glass out, oftentimes he's made a decision about the player. right? He thinks the player is good enough, can get in the school, all these things. He's looking actually for reasons to not take him. He's looking for defects. He's looking for what he doesn't see. He's now beyond stage one, you would say, of, you know, the kid's good enough and we like him and we want him. Now we just got to make sure that we didn't miss anything. He's dotting I's, crossing T's, he's, he's, he's got the magnifying glass out. And he is looking for things he sees, hears, and feels that he missed the first time around. And oftentimes, it's what a parent does that he sees. It's what a parent says that he hears. <clears throat> it's the way a parent acts that he feels. And the biggest thing in this is signaling. Everything that you do as a parent in this process signals to the coach what it's going to look like in the future. Let me give you some really great advice. Everything you signal to a college coach, that college coach is going to assume it will be magnified. It will be magnified when your son's on campus because now your son is playing at a higher level, right? Your son might not get the playing time that he got his entire life. In fact, it's it's highly likely he'll sit the bench his freshman year, which might be the first time ever First time he ever sat at the bench, let alone first time he's ever not been a star of the team. Any player playing in college is at the top 10% of his team, if not the star of his team. So it can, be, it can be emotionally tough to watch a kid who you've watched start and play every game of his entire career, and he was in the top of his team, to now go to a team where he might be in the bottom 10% of the team and not playing at all. And then there's the intensity of the competition. He might have to deal, you know, your, your son might get overmatched a little bit right which is something you're not used to. And and then then there's the other parents who are very competitive. And the other parents who, and so what it, it, the coach thinks that everything that he sees in this small world you're now going up 10%. And your son in his career up until this point has never made a jump where he didn't jump usually to the top 10%. Right? If he's playing in college, if he if he's for the most part for the most part there's always exceptions but for the most part your son was was in the top 10 percent in you know in t-ball in little league in in, in travel ball you know in in wherever school team and in high school or summer team travel whatever he's jumped 10 percent top 10 percent to top 10 or close to it now he's going to jump from top 10 percent to bottom 10 percent coach knows you haven't done that yet there's also you know, an emotional thing. You're sending your kid off to school. A coach understands that. They understand that there's a, parents have concerns and parents have some questions and parents have some, some things they need to know and, and, you know, they're a little freaked out and empty nest syndrome and all that. A coach knows that and a coach will be able to tell the difference between what is a natural, healthy, kind of just, you know, freaking out your kids leaving home and what is going to be a problem. Because what he doesn't want is another thing added to that already very long to-do list. And what he doesn't want is dissension. What he doesn't want is gossip. What he doesn't want is a player is a parent sitting in the stands going, Well, can you believe? That? Or at the concession stand going, Why did he leave that picture in? My kid's so much better. Or in the bathroom with the other parents going, This is ridiculous. This guy doesn't even know what he's doing. And so, so he doesn't want that. And he'll kill it so fast. Ideally, he'll kill it before it ever gets into his program. But I will tell you this: if he if he allows it, if it slips into his program, he will kill it at the root. He will kill it at the very first uh, stage he sees it. And who will pay? Your son, your son. So signaling, here's a few things that I want you to be aware of in signaling. And I'll give you kind of some examples and stories. Overall, it's too involved in the career of the player. They're overly involved in the career. Um, they can be overly emotional in the a in the, in the, in career. So let me give you some examples. Um, there was one example of a coach who uh, the kid was there for an official visit. So, I mean, you're in the red zone here of this deal, right? You just got to pop it in the end zone. If you're an official visit, they want you. They're going to put out the, the, the best spread for you. They're, they're, they're there to see. The, the, the coach, uh, I think the assistant coach came out and handed him like a little card that they wanted him to fill out for, I think it was like his, uh, his pass, like his, you know, to get around campus. He, the kid takes the card and hands it to his mom, and the mom starts filling it out. The assistant coach went back, and they went through with the visit, but um, you know, they had made their decision right then and there. Because if that kid hands that card to his mother, what is he going to do next year on campus? What is he going to do? What did we talk about in the last killer Right, all the things that we want to signal, we want to signal that signal that they're going to get a man and not a little boy. We want to signal that they're going to get a student who can handle his business, or or if he can't handle it, is mature enough to ask for help. And right, but if that kid hands off the card to his mom, what, what is he going to do next year? Was he going to do, hand off his final exam to his mom? Is he going to hand off his laundry to his mom, which he's going to have to do? What, what else is he going to hand off to his mom? That signal to the college coach that this is a kid who. Been babied, and whose mom is doing everything. He's overly involved and overly emotional about the kid's career. Um, I, I'll tell you another one um, with Gatorade. There, there was a kid uh, who kind of with the 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 um, uh, the, the he, he reached. He was being recruited. The coach was there to recruit the kid. The kid re- stuck his head out of the dugout and says, "Mom, you got my Gatorade?" And the mom, like you know. Came and got the kid's Gatorade, and the coach said, That's it, I'm I'm done. What is he gonna do when his mom's not there to get his Gatorade? You know, or he could have been slightly more discreet about it. This kid obviously doesn't have an awareness of that, and that the mom just rushed and got his Gatorade overly involved. Let me tell you something. I I got a 10 and a 12-year-old, and if they said, Dad, get my Gatorade, (laughs) first of all, they wouldn't do that. But if they did miss and slip up, there would be no response. Or the response would be get raid get yourself. Um, there was a parent who carried the bag for a kid. Kid, kid was waiting to go talk to a college coach, and the parent took the bag and carried the bag off the field. And the coach was like, "I wish this kid would. I wish now I didn't have to talk to this kid. I wish I didn't tell the kid that I wanted to talk to him, because now the k- parent's carrying his bag for him. Parent's going to carry the bag next year. Going to carry his books to class. No, it signals to the kid the parents overly involved. Um, I will say." Uh, uh, a couple things. Um, uh, I'm going to save the best for last here. Um, in in any kind of interaction, you know. What, let me actually. I'm going to go back to that. Hold on. I'm going to go back to that because um, uh, we're we're in game stuff. Uh, if if a if a parent says something about an umpire or yells at an umpire or in any way becomes involved in a game when a kid is playing and a coach is there to recruit them, they're 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 done. They're done because they're not going to have someone sit in their, you know, college stadium and chirp at an umpire who's on the field. It's not going to happen. Not going to do it. They're not going to tolerate it. So they don't want you, right? Like I said, there's other players. Um, If 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 a parent speaks or a parent or a player speaks badly about a coach, so if you're if you're if you're talking to a coach. Or your son is talking to a coach, and they say, well, you know, his coach didn't play him, or his coach didn't, you know, didn't, didn't have practice, or he didn't know what he was doing, or he pitched him, on whatever. Uh, that, that is gone, because what they know, they don't, they, they don't think you're talking situationally. They think that is how you do things. They, you're signaling to them that you're, that you're going to blame the coach for a problem. So what he thinks he's going to be, he's going to be the next person you blame. You blame one coach, he thinks he's going to be next. You blame two coaches or more, he knows he's going to be next. He's not taking your kid because he's not going to take someone who halfway through the season is talking behind his back and, and badmouthing the coach. He's not going to be the next coach you badmouth. mouth um, The next thing is the communications. So uh, a coach can feel if a communication is written from a parent or a player. And that's something that we spend a lot of time making sure that even though we have really proven, tight communications, a proven, tight communication that looks like it's not from, that doesn't have the kid's personality is worthless, worthless. We take our tight, proven communications and then we put our we put, the kids, we put the kid's personality we make sure that that shows up in there, that that's expressed, because that's one of the things that we want to signal. That's a wide lens. So it's almost like there's a format for writing a great song, right? But it's, the art, it's how the artist interprets it, you know, that, and, and performs it. That makes it, that makes it, right? So a coach, if a coach thinks the parent is the one writing the emails, and he thinks he's talking to a parent, you've broken trust. You'll never get it back. He thinks he's always going to have to, he thinks the kid can't handle it himself and he'll deal with, he won't, he knows he'll be dealing with you and not the kid. Um, I will just say in, in all situations, if you get down to um, where you're involved with a coach, um, sometimes, sometimes the worst thing to do is the way that we talk to coaches when it does come time to talk. So let's say, well, let me back up. A coach always wants the kid to drive the communication. He always wants the kid to drive the communication. Now that, for most parents, that freaks them out because they know how their kids communicate. That's why they hire me, <laughs> to help their kids communicate. So, um, And so what they're freaked out by that, that their kid's gonna do the communication on their own. So what what we're doing is we're we're taking the kid, and we're putting our communication methods through it because we we because for parents they just like if we let him do the communicating he's gonna he's gonna blow it because he's either not gonna do it or he's gonna say the wrong things or he's gonna text with all lowercase and no punctuation or he's gonna and yeah all that's probably true, you know um, even the best players even the best players the most well put together good students we work a lot with more with good students than we do with. Um, students have trouble. We have, a, we have a really diverse client base, but, but we, we're helping great students with communication because being a great student and, and writing what would might be a great paper that would get you an A-plus in school is not writing communication in a dialogue way that gets people's attention. So the communication has to get, number one, opened, read. It has to be, uh, and it has to get attention and it has to deliver. So that's really different than academic writing. So, um, And so an overarching rule is this. He wants to deal with the coach. Parents, please take this to heart. Every single thing you say about your son, a coach will not believe. Everything you say about your son, a coach will not believe. Everything you say about your son, a coach will not believe. I was on the phone, it was a couple months ago now, and a guy gets on the phone and he starts rattling off all of these things. And he's going for like, uh, you know, usually usually like for introduction calls, I usually block out like a half hour. I think he was on like 12 minutes before he, you know, and I had to stop him. I said, look, stop, stop. I'm going to give you some advice. I don't think I'm going to be able to work with you, but let me give you some advice. Everything you said to me, don't ever say anything like that to a college coach. Don't go up to a college coach who's there looking at your son Uh, playing at a game, don't say that if you meet with one, don't say say anything you just said to me to the college coach. And that father was shocked because what he thought is he was selling his son. He was selling. He thought he was doing a great thing. And so it's a little counterintuitive, right? So he, he thought he was doing a great thing. He thought he was helping his son. He wasn't. He wasn't. That coach, in fact, the more you talk about your son the more that coach will suspect you're hiding something, you're covering up something. The more you sell, the more he thinks you're trying to get him to buy. Now, here's the other thing. If you say nothing or you say everything, the coach is still going to make his own evaluation. He's still going to make his own read. Now, you're not going to say nothing, but there's timing to saying things. And a parent who gets this timing right, you know what he signals to a college coach? I raised a man and not a little boy. Coach, I'm sending you a man who can handle his business. Coach, I'm sending you a man who you're not going to have to worry about on campus. Coach, I'm sending you a man who can speak for himself. And we do a lot of work with the players on getting their, what they say together, right? But coach, I'm sending you a student athlete that's going to represent your program and is going to help you win games. Now, if you don't feel you have that, then we should talk, or you should start to develop your son in that way. So they will never believe anything you say. Um, and these are two last things. A big signal to a college coach is when the, when the parent talks first. So if they ask the player a question, the parent's there, and, he, and, the, and, the, and the, the parent talks first, Gone. They're gonna know the kid doesn't speak for himself. Um, At like an official visit, if the coach asks all the wrong questions, like if you ask about playing time, if you ask about the team, if you ask about other recruits, if you ask about the roster, or if you ask about the other coaches, or you ask about the schedule, or you you ask about, you're, you're just gone. You're just gone. You're just blowing it for your kid. Now, you might say, well, I want the answers to those questions. Yeah, great. And your son should ask those questions. And we show kids how to ask those questions. Not only show them how to ask them, we actually show them how to frame them in a way that signals again. See, because the way we look at this is we're looking at every crack and every crevice. We want to be like water on concrete, every crack and every crevice. We're not going to miss a thing. We're going to do every little thing. So all the way down to we're going to send your son into his official visit with a game plan for you to know exactly what to say when you meet that coach. When you shake his hand, I'm going to give you exactly what to say. And you will look like a pro. You will look like that parent. And then I'm going to give your son not only the things to ask and all the things that you want to know. We're going to give him those questions in a way that will be signaling to the college coach with every single question that this is a kid I want. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So, again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.